This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everyone, my name is Jan van der Aan and you are listening to the Langpreneur podcast. Great that you are here because today we're going to be talking to Lucas van Viva. Lucas is from Belgium and I don't know if you guys know, but um, I live in Belgium as well. I live in Brussels. Lucas lives in Antwerp, so I actually took the car. I drove up to Antwerp and I had the opportunity to sit down with Lucas and record this podcast interview in person. Um, a little bit more about Lucas. So Lucas basically helps YouTubers with language education channels that have over a hundred and thousand subscribers, generating over six figures with product, product launches. So the question we're really going to be answering here is how can you make money if you have a big following on YouTube? Well, if you guys are ready, then let's get started with the interview. Here is Lucas. Lucas. Tell us a little bit about your um, your background. How did you get into helping YouTubers, uh, more specifically language educators, who are on YouTube monetizing their YouTube yeah, so channel? First of all, thanks for having me, Jan. It's an honor and a privilege, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the fifth guest, no, no, the sixth guest, sixth I think, guest. on the show. So. Very nice. No, thank you for organizing this and uh, yeah, and starting the podcast. I think it's very interesting. Cool. So yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about how I started. So I actually started myself as not as a YouTuber, but as um, an online course creator, a language course creator. So I started out uh, writing a book about how to learn languages, creating my own courses and selling my own courses, not through YouTube, but um, through Facebook ads, through partnerships with other people. Uh, and that's how I started out. So I didn't start out as a marketeer or as like an expert in monetization. I kind of rolled into it because a while ago, uh, I think two years ago now, um, I met a YouTuber who had a big YouTube channel in the language education space. So uh, about how to learn German. And uh, yeah, I started like talking to her and we, you know, after a while we decided, okay, maybe we can like partner and, and, and see like I had a course already. She had a big YouTube channel, but didn't have a course, didn't really know how to sell a course at that point. So we decided, okay, maybe we can bring our expertise together, a language course, marketing background that I developed by then uh, by selling my own uh, courses. And uh, yeah, we decided to partner that way and, and, and bring that course to her audience. Yeah. And uh, that worked really, really well, actually. So it was the first time I actually worked with a YouTuber. Um, yeah, it was amazing. We did like a, a launch, made over six figures in revenue already on that first launch, which was a lot of money for both of us at that time. Yeah, um, over 100,000 euros. Over 100,000 euros, indeed. Uh, dollars, but also euros yeah. in this case. Um, yeah, so that was really, really cool. And, and that's when I actually discovered the power of YouTube channels, especially because these people, like YouTubers, usually have a really good connection with their audience. And um, yeah, it, it was just a, a really good experience for me. And that's when I discovered, okay, this could work well, actually. I kept working with this one person. And then after a while, I noticed, well, actually, I'm a little bit more passionate maybe even about doing marketing and helping people with a big YouTube channel to monetize their audience because I saw it was such a big untapped opportunity because most people don't even know that it's possible to create a course for the audience and sell it, people actually buying it and then 
you know, making more money from that than just from ads, which is something we'll talk about later, which is what most YouTubers rely on. It's actually quite funny because I know you as a real marketing guy, but you actually also do have a background in linguistics. Right? Yeah. Want to talk a little bit about that? Like, yeah, my background and how do you make actually, that? yeah. Yeah, so tell us about your background and how did you make that transition from languages and linguistics into yeah, marketing. exactly. So my background is completely linguistics. I studied applied linguistics at university, translation, interpretation as well. So th these are my degrees. Yeah, you speak quite a few languages yourself as well, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I speak like five or six languages, uh, which has always been my passion. And that's why I'm happy I can combine both right now, of course. But yeah, I started out just knowing, you know, like having studied languages, having my degree in linguistics, knowing how to learn languages. I kind of had my own method for learning languages. Um, and that's how I started. So, so I really started only with like the language stuff in mind. But then I wanted to, you know, like travel a bit and create an online business. And you can't do that if you don't learn about the marketing and the business side of things. And then I really became passionate about that part of it as well. And especially how to bring these two together. Right? For example, um, having a method, like I had a method for learning languages, like many people I think I do, and also many teachers on YouTube and in general. But then it's not just enough to have like a method. You also need to be able to package that, package that method in a way that is appealing to people and that speaks to a certain audience, right? And if you package it the right way and you talk about the method the right way, way more people will be interested in it and it will feel like, oh, this really addresses my frustrations, my pain. And if you don't do that, if you don't learn about the marketing, it's really easy to stay like very technical, talking about like all these linguistic concepts like an academic which never works if you actually want to help people and create courses and sell these courses. Mm -hmm. So that's how I really became interested in marketing as well. And yeah, I'm happy that I can now combine both actually and lean a little bit more towards marketing, but still make an impact through, you know, like helping YouTubers in this space, help more people and create more courses. So. How do you learn about marketing? Like, did you find out everything yourself or you buy courses? Or you have mentors, masterminds, like can you tell us a little bit about that learning journey? Yeah, all of that actually. So I started out by reading a lot, looking up like on the internet, like how do you start an online business? I learned a lot about blogging. It was back in the day when I started, it was still like a very big thing. Nowadays it's moving more towards like YouTube and podcasts, etc. Um, yeah, I took a program back then. I think it was like a membership that I paid for where I learned like the basics of online marketing, like what kind of like the marketing message, what kind of people uh, do you want to reach, right? How do you talk to people? How do you write in like a convincing way, like persuasive uh, copywriting and stuff like that. Um, so I started with that and then I, yeah, I also took a mentor. I had like private coaches who helped me with uh, the marketing side. I did like online programs like in where like a thousand people enrolled as well. So it was like more, more like self-study, mm -hmm. but most of it I could find online mm -hmm. on, on, in different ways. But what helped me a lot was always having mentors and not just because of the like the, the theory behind this. It was not just about like knowing the steps you need to take because that's not that difficult. But it was also getting into that mindset or like having that mindset of I can do this myself as well. And there's a lot of like mindset blocks about will this work for me? Will this work for in the language space? Can I actually do this? Right? Do I want to do this? Um, is this really going to be successful? And the only way that I found to really get over that is by 
you know, like actually doing it and experiencing it yourself that, that it's possible to create a business like this or that these techniques actually work. Yeah, cool. Back to back to YouTube. How can you monetize YouTube? Okay, that's that's the big question here that we are trying to answer in this interview because many people, when they think about earning money with YouTube, they talk about AdSense, right? So basically you allow Google to, to, to show um, ads in your video and you earn a little bit of money for for that it's it's not much but even if you have if you have a big youtube channel you could generate a few i don't know maybe a few thousand dollars um what do you think of this adsense strategy and um yeah what do you think youtubers should do if they want to create a, a real business no i think it's not necessarily bad like the, the adsense in- income because it's a really easy way for you if you get started well i don't think you can get like the ads uh, revenue if, if you get started but like after a while you can get it it's not that much money but it can give you like a good baseline and you don't have to do that much except for creating videos and growing your channel so while you're growing your channel it's not a bad strategy to have that baseline income maybe you can live from that yourself after a while or you can even hire like a video editor or something like that um, the problem is that once you have a big audience and when i mean say big i mean like 50 a thousand, a hundred thousand, or even way more, like anything above that, the the AdSense revenue, like the ads revenue that you get, doesn't grow proportionally. So by that point, you will make more money, but it will still not be that much. And you might be able to survive on it, but not even like, it depends on the niche you're in, but not always. Whereas at that point, you have so many people in your audience who trust you already, who follow you. Like these people you can sell them courses and you can actually help them way more by creating a course for them where some people who want, not everyone will want that, but some people definitely want to buy a course from you to get more personal guidance or to get a more structured course or something like that. And most people don't realize that it's not even that difficult because these people trust you already and, and that you can actually make way more money that way. And I'm not talking just like like double the revenue. I'm really talking like 10, 20, 50 or 100 times more, even more than that from selling your own courses and having your own products or even if you want that like doing private tutoring for um, or something like that but just having your own products creating some sort of business around your um, youtube channel that's where the real money is and that's how you can really create like freedom in a, in a business um, out of this so that's what you recommend to um oh, let's call them language youtubers or people with a big yeah. language channel why do you think that especially um that this particular thing is a big opportunity for those people, for people who teach languages? What's the big opportunity here? Well, the big opportunity, I think, is that if you are teaching languages on YouTube, you probably know already, like, everything. I mean, you have the expertise. People see you as the expert. Like, you're you're their teacher. They're watching all your videos. They've learned so much from you. You have so much content already. So if you want to create a course out of that, it will take some time and maybe you need some guidance and, and, and you need some, 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 some help with like structuring a course. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be super difficult to, to create one. It's not that you need to start from scratch. And even if you think, well, I'm not like the biggest expert in creating a course, you don't need to be. Like you have all these videos already. Clearly, you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Clearly, people learn from you. You know more about the language you're teaching than the people like your students, mm-hmm. definitely. So you have all these people already. Of course, it's important that you have the right structure for your course, right? Mm-hmm. So you create a course that um, you know people can follow and they learn from that, but you can also give them some guidance, etc. But nowadays, it's not that difficult anymore. There are really good um, 
online platforms where you can set up courses yeah. and you can do like weekly group calls and everything and everything is possible nowadays with that yeah. so yeah for you for it's it's a big opportunity for all youtubers mm-hmm. especially in the education space i think but definitely for language uh youtubers it is um yeah a really big opportunity yeah i think another reason why it's such a big opportunity is because language is like if you have a youtube channel where you teach spanish it's something very specific right everyone in your audience is interested in learning spanish if you have a youtube channel which is which is around lifestyle and some people might be interested in fashion or into i don't know traveling but this is a very specific thing so if you have a youtube channel where people want to learn spanish you create a product for people who want to learn spanish and there is a a big uh, a big match there I, I would say um, so you have to create a course um, but just creating a course is not enough right because you also need to be able to to sell the course so that's I guess the next or maybe even the first big thing um, yeah what can youtubers do well first let's start with the course what kind of course should they, should they create? A beginner's course, intermediate course, should it be a challenge, should it be like, is there other like guidelines or tips that you can give these YouTubers? How can they find out what their audience want? Do you do surveys? Um, how do you make that decision? Yeah, so there are several ways you can go here and it depends a little bit on, on um, you know, your audience and also what you want to do, but you can be successful with anything. So I've seen people who create lower price courses something like 60 or 70 dollars which is completely self-study so they will just create materials you buy the course you get all the materials and uh there's like no guidance no coaching or anything it's just like a lesson package like you would buy a book on amazon and and like back in the day maybe a cd that comes with it with like audio uh, files and everything so you can do that that works i've also seen people selling courses for a thousand dollars which come for like yeah we'll help you get your certificates in in like to to work for example in in a country where you need like um, a language certificate and where they get a lot of like private coaching and tutoring and everything or anything in between what i found that works really well and this is usually the 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 model that i recommend is something i started calling it like a while ago like guided self-study so it's still self-study so you create a course for students where there's videos or audio or pdfs or or online like stuff with exercises that they can go through at their own pace, but at the same time, you also help them um, dur- during group calls, by the, uh, for example. So you keep them accountable, you keep people on track in the community, everyone is going through the same lessons in the same week. And then you do a Q&A session, you let them interact with each other, um, which works really well because you know it's always better to have other people around you who are doing the same thing and you can ask questions, uh, etc. And then usually what I've seen that was very successful for me always was hosting that as a challenge. So we would do an enrollment period uh, of a week or two weeks where people can enroll for a challenge, a language challenge. Mm. Like a 90-day um, challenge or something? For example, a 90-day challenge. It can be 10 weeks, 12 weeks, could be longer, but much longer, usually I don't recommend, but something like that. Um, and then everyone enrolls, everyone starts at the same time. You have a big group of students, everyone is excited. You can um, make them excited, keep them excited. You can have some, without having to do one-on-one calls, you can still have like more personal you know, connection with your audience. Um, some more personal time, you can talk to them on a more intimate level. And yeah, I've seen really high success rates with that. The problem with lower price courses where you do completely self-study is that usually like completion rates for these courses are really low. Mm-hmm. So if you sell it, like maybe 10 or 20% of the people who buy it will actually finish the course. Mm. Whereas if you do this guided self-study model, 
it can be way higher, like 50, 60, 80, sometimes even higher, like depending on how, how much like uh, coaching accountability you offer. Yeah. So how much are you charging for these programs at the moment? So like, let's say for a 90 day challenge, um, yeah, let's say you, you, you develop this challenge, so you make sure that there is a, uh, like, um, that people can discuss their progress, that there is accountability, that they can share their experience in this learning journey in a Facebook group, for example. Like you have weekly Q&A calls with the influencer. Um, for how much can you sell a package like, like this? We've sold it very successfully uh, for $250. I've also sold a challenge like that for $400, which was also successful. It depends a little bit, I think, on, on your audience as well. But you can for sure ask something like that, like mm -hmm. 200, between 200 and 400 dollars, I would say, is probably mm -hmm. the sweet spot for something like this. Yeah. And this is, again, like a group program where you can have hundreds of students at the same time. So mm -hmm. you can do this. I've done this with 500 students or maybe even more mm -hmm. at the same time who are all going through this challenge where you can all help them. And uh, it's not even that much work if you set it up right. And uh, yeah, these people are very successful. Mm -hmm. And who are these challenges for? Is it for beginners? Is it for intermediates? And how do you make those decisions? Like, do you go back to the YouTube channel, look at what's already working, who the audience is, and then create a course based around that? Do more of what's already working or what? Do more of what's already working, I would say, but usually, well, it depends on what you do. If you, for example, have a YouTube channel in Spanish or in German and you only speak German on there or only Spanish, probably the people who are following you are a little bit more advanced already, yeah. right? So it depends on what kind of content you've been creating. If it's been really high level content, which is more for intermediate learners, well, create a course for intermediate people because that's the people who are actually following you, right? If you have a more general channel and you have content for complete beginners, but also for more intermediate or advanced people, what I suggest is that you start by creating the beginner course because the beginners are usually the biggest part of like the group. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people start learning a language, not everyone gets to that point where they're really intermediate or advanced mm -hmm. level already. Yeah. So that's always a smaller group. It can also be, I mean, the more advanced people are sometimes willing to pay more money because they really are super passionate or they need the language for their job or in their life. So, and getting to that higher level, you know, from intermediate to advanced, mm -hmm is more difficult usually. That's what people struggle with a lot and there's less material available for that. So if you do that, you can usually charge higher prices. But the beginner group is always the easiest and also the easiest course to create, I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, start with the beginner course if you have an audience of beginners and then work your way up. You can have different levels. Like in the challenges we did, sometimes we had four levels. So people enrolled and then they chose a level, beginner, lower uh, intermediate, higher intermediate, stuff like that and then they could choose themselves and everyone would still go through the course at the same time with different materials, of course. Yeah. For who is it gonna be worth to launch this kind of programs? Is it gonna be like someone who has 5,000 followers on YouTube, is it gonna be worthwhile to create a program like this? Or is this really only for like the big fishes with more than 100,000 YouTube subscribers, for example? What would, you, what would you say? Well, if you have over 100,000 YouTube subscribers, and that's usually the people I work with, the good thing there is that if you do create a course and you use the right strategy to, um, you know, to, to, to sell it or to market it, um, you can have really big wins in the beginning. And, like, it's possible to, like, in one month, go from like, only like, the YouTube AdSense revenue to actually having like, a really good stable income and even more than that, really. But if you have a smaller audience, it's still worth it if you're still really committed about, like, I'm going to grow my audience and I feel like I'm onto something here. 
but you need to build your audience. At that point, you will be able to probably be able to sell some courses mm -hmm. if you have 5,000 subscribers, but you're not going to have like the financial freedom after, after doing just that. But it doesn't mean you, sh you shouldn't start doing that. I also started creating courses when I had a really small audience and then you never know what's, what's going to come along, right? Like for me, like another YouTuber came along who had a big audience, we partnered with the course I already created and it was super successful and all the, the time and money I spent on creating it, which didn't really pay off for the first like maybe six or eight or nine months, then started paying off. Mm -hmm. And this can be the same for you if you have a small audience, but you know I can create a good course uh, and you know I'm going to grow my channel and I'm going to keep making a lot of videos. It can be worth it, but the biggest payoffs are usually once you have like 50,000, 100,000, two, three, four, 500,000 um, subscribers. Yeah. Now let's say that I have a YouTube channel where I teach um, people Spanish, have around 100,000 subscribers and I decide to create my, my, I'm not sure how do you call it, like this challenge, my... Challenge, your course, uh, yeah. program, language program. Now I decide to create my first course. Um, course is there, what am I going to do next? I need to, I need to sell that course, right? I need to know, learn how to sell it. How can we sell a course through YouTube? Do we have, do we need to have a mailing list or... Do you launch it on YouTube, uh, how, social media? How does how does that work? What's the strategy here? What would you what would you recommend people to do? Here? Yeah. So what I've seen, and in the beginning, I was more like following traditional models of how to sell courses, which is usually um, create an email list, and then on that email list send people messages uh, or emails about the course, and follow like a structured two week promotion period, for example, which works really well, but what I've learned is that it's more, you know, about like the, the strategy behind it, but not necessarily about like which medium you use to talk to people. Because in September last year, I actually decided to try to, to do a promotion like this, like a big promotion, which was super successful the year before um, through the traditional methods of having a website and a mailing list. And we decided to just do it completely on YouTube. So we just put a workshop on YouTube, a couple of videos, and we'll talk more about like the strategy a little bit later, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but like we just posted some videos on YouTube, a two week workshop period, some free videos with like content which was not sales related, just some content about like, hey, this is how you learn a language, yeah. right? And then we, uh, we did like a five day enrollment period for the course and everything was on YouTube. We sent some emails, but like the biggest, or we didn't even collect emails during that thing. We didn't send people to a website or anything, just YouTube. We had a Facebook group where people could join as well if they wanted to, yeah. all on social media. And that one did really, really well. It was actually the same results as the year before. And we didn't have to send everyone to an email list. We didn't have to create like pages on our website to do anything, yeah. only like a, an enrollment page, of course, we needed that. So you can do it on YouTube if you want to. You can also, I mean, it's always a good idea to create an email list as well. And it also depends on like how willing are you to put videos on your YouTube channel where you promote something. I've seen like what we did it and there was no negative reaction to it at all. Like nobody was like mad about it or anything. Also because we, we posted it as like a limited time like workshop. So we took all the videos offline afterwards, but for these two weeks, we created a lot of videos, a lot of engagement. People were happy. They got a lot of free stuff as well. And nobody got like a negative response on it. Um, but some people are not comfortable with that, especially if you're like not comfortable with marketing, you might just want to send people to your website or an email list. So it's away from YouTube and bring people there mm -hmm. and then, uh, yeah, send them there for, for a launch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how does, how does this launch look like? Like you, you call it a workshop, go a little bit further. 
Yeah, yeah this is actually important and, 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 and it's good that we talk a little bit about this because, you know, like maybe you're listening to this and you have a big YouTube audience and but you still might think like, yeah, well, yeah that, all, all that sounds yeah. good, but like, can what I does do it? Mean it? Exactly? Or what does it mean exactly? Or, or like, is this even possible for me? You know, I've seen other people do it. My channel is a little bit different and maybe my people only want free videos and I'm sure they won't buy anything and they're from all over the world and they're not from like rich countries. Um, I've seen that myself and I thought that myself, but I don't anymore because I've seen now with so many people, like with the people I've worked with, it doesn't matter. Like you have your audience and some people want free videos and they don't want anything else from you. And some people are so happy with your free videos that they want to give you money to be able to be in the, in the course or a more structured course with you or, or in a way where they can like have group calls with you or even just to thank you for all your free videos. I've seen that so far. And these people usually get way better results by buying a course from you. So that's important. There are for sure a part of your audience right now, people who want to give you money if you create a course for them and you want that relationship to be a little bit more personal than just, you know, like uh, the videos on your YouTube channel. But it's still difficult to, to, to get that, like not like in theory, but actually to understand it until you've experienced it yourself. So that's usually when I work with YouTubers, I always want to do like a big, like pilot course launch with them. Like I want them to have that experience once of doing a launch of their course with a short enrollment period. So no crazy marketing. We just do like a two week, so we make some videos, we tell people, hey, you have a new course. And then like do a five day enrollment period which is like a normal marketing strategy, but the results are really incredible, especially if you have a bigger audience. You've been giving them so many free things that usually these people are so happy when you do something like this that you get like insane results. Mm. And, and, and you can't, I, I, even the first time it happened to me, I couldn't even believe it when it happened. And the same to this YouTuber I was working with. Also for her, all of a sudden, like in, in one month, like the revenue for, for YouTube channel went up like 50 times, right? <laughs> Which is crazy if you think about it, but if, it ha if that happens once, yeah. that's when then your you mindset is, yeah, you have a mindset shift and then you see, okay, I can do this. And that's, I want you to be in that position before we go any further, because afterwards we'll have to do more like traditional, you know, like set up maybe an email list and everything. And that's like the more traditional stuff. But by then you actually know, oh, actually this is worth it because people are happy and they're not angry at me because I, I'm selling something and it just works and they, and they want like me to create courses and everything. Yeah. yeah. Should we talk a bit about the objections that some YouTubers might have? Because I know, for example, some people have a huge YouTube channel, but they say most of my audience are from the Middle East or maybe Latin America, from Africa. These people don't have a lot of money, not as much as uh, people in the West. They're not going to buy a course for 250 euros or maybe even 400 euros. What would you say to that? Well, um, yeah, it's not true. <laughs> I've seen it. Like in the, when we launch a course for a German, uh, a German channel, for example, we have people buying from like 80 different countries. Yeah, and including these are, the Middle East, Latin America, Asia. Yeah, like even the countries where you think like, a bit, like the, the really ones where you think nobody will ever buy a course there. But there's always people from there as well. Of course, still the English-speaking countries, usually that's like the majority of your sales. But I would say maybe English-speaking countries account for 40 50 percent of your sales and then the rest is just all over the world from everywhere mm. hong kong bangladesh i've seen pakistan uh M morocco yeah exactly and sometimes these people might might have moved abroad already right yeah. so they might and they might still add like the address whatever from from their hometown yeah. but yeah no these there's people everywhere in the world who will who will who, who can buy your stuff 
and 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 this is a big i i thought the same thing the first time and i was actually thinking of during a launch like lowering our price because i saw oh there's a lot of people from other countries we didn't do it and we still sold like i mean the conversion rate was still really good yeah Okay, let's go a little bit deeper here. So the promotion, so before you launch the product, you basically do a two-week promotion, right? So what do you do in the, uh, during the first week? Yeah, so what we do here is, 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 I call it a workshop because you don't want to call it a promotion or like anything else because it just sounds nicer if you call it a workshop. And because you're actually, like it is a promotion, but you're actually teaching people and giving them a lot of free stuff. So what kind of, how I like to set it up is, you say you have a special workshop usually on how to learn languages. So it needs to be a little bit different from what you're doing like in your normal videos. So you say this is something special. It's a limited time thing. You need to watch the videos right now because they're going to go down again after two weeks, Mm -hmm. right? So you create like a limited time, two week promotion. Mm -hmm. And then in these videos, you would like in the first week, for example, I would do usually what we do is like two videos. Like on Monday, we would create a video welcoming everyone to the workshop telling them we're excited, that we're going to show them like a, like a new way of learning languages, for example, um, or like a method to learn languages, which is something that you need to have developed before. Like usually you think of a course concept, you think, okay, how does this course concept work? Works. Now we're going to like show this uh, to people and, and then talk a little bit about that, right? So you tell them like, hey, yeah, this is going to show you how to learn Spanish or German or whatever in this specific method that we've developed, right? You explain the method a little bit. You say, okay, this is what we do, right? For example, you need to, um, you know, start by listening a lot to to audio, like dialogues or something. That's what we, what we said for one launch, like listen to audio and dialogues before you start speaking. Some people might say, well, my method is speak from day one, right? So start talking a bit about your method and show them like, hey, this is actually possible. You can do this too, right? Mm-hmm. And then you try to create engagements by asking them in the comments like, hey, what is your biggest problem with learning Spanish, mm-hmm. for example? You try to get a lot of engagement with mm-hmm. people. What we usually also do is set up a Facebook group mm-hmm. just for this, for this two-week workshop yeah. because in the Facebook group, you can actually have like interaction. You can do a live, an extra live call, for example, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that's what we usually do on Monday. And then like a couple of days later, we will create another video mm-hmm. Again, giving them some free stuff. You can give away some samples of your course. You say like, hey, this is like how I'm teaching Spanish or German or French or whatever. In my course, here are some free samples. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. This is how it can help you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like a second video. Again, you give them free samples. So normally they should be very happy, right? You're still not promoting anything. You're not selling anything. You haven't even talked about like a product you've created. Mm-hmm. You can talk, you say, I've created a course, but you're not like, hey, buy my course, buy my course. Mm-hmm. This is all like giving value, mm-hmm. right? You all want to give people, you know, like free stuff and help them actually. The right? first week is the first week. about yeah. giving value. Exactly. But then, then in the second week, even then, like normally you create three videos first. Like in the second week, you can create one more video, which is more about like you creating a vision for people. What is possible if you learn Spanish this way right how will your life change like what is the possible with that and how exactly will it work so you show them like some sort of roadmap you say if you do if you decide to organize a 90-day challenge you can say okay so usually what i do in these courses is a nine like a 90-day challenge this is what you would do you would start with um with in the, in the first two weeks you will start by listening to a lot of dialogues mm-hmm. right after two weeks you will like start implementing that by having some speaking practice then in the sixth week, you will 
uh, do whatever, maybe like learn flashcards or something like that. This is just all, this is not like so a good course content. you explain the structure of the program. You explain the structure of the course. And at the same time, you also tell them like really in like what that would look like in real life. You tell them yeah. like, hey, if you do this, you know, by week six, you can go on the streets and you will be able to talk about this topic with yeah. someone and you will feel way more confident, yeah. you know, and you won't feel like clumsy anymore, stuff like yeah. that. So you so really you try talk, to... You talk about the frustration and you really try to yeah. have them envision what they could be like if they spoke the language. Exactly. Yeah. And this is, of course, this, this is real marketing, but it's still not selling, right? There's a difference between marketing and selling. The difference, There's no marketing, No, marketing is more about, like, what do these people really want? And what are they struggling with right now? And why are they not like able to speak Spanish right now, mm -hmm. right? Why do they don't want to speak Spanish? Is it because they live in a foreign country? Maybe because of their husband or wife? And then where do they start, right? And why, why are they not there? Like maybe because they don't have the right course or they think they're bad at like memorizing vocabulary. So you talk about all these things and then the selling part is not, it's like that only comes afterwards, right? Yeah. But if you do that well, like the first part, and you make these videos and you actually help people and you talk to their frustrations and you show them like the vision of like, hey, you can actually do this, then it becomes way easier to actually sell them like, yeah. like a course afterwards. And, and it's not even bad because if it's actually true, if you can actually help your people with like students with this course, well, then it's good, right? If they buy it and they, and they actually get the result they want and they are now able to speak Spanish or German, well, they're going to be very happy. Mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, but so this is the marketing part, the first part, the three videos, yeah. creating a lot of value, giving people a vision, showing them, like giving them the feeling, I can do this with the help of mm -hmm. whatever your name is or your yeah. YouTube channel. And so, then afterwards, you would do a five-day enrollment period. So then by the end of these three videos, you say, hey, I actually created a course or I've been working on a course and I'm ready to have my first students enrolled in it. And I'm going to give you a lot of personal guidance if that's what you're going to do, right? Um, if that's the kind of course you're creating. But if you do that, you say, yeah, we'll give you personal guidance and it will be very structured and we're going to follow like the methodology that I described here before. If you're interested, on Thursday, we open enrollments and it's going to be for a limited time because we're going to start a couple of days later. Yeah, right. I guess that's also the benefit of having a challenge, right? There is a very clear starting yeah, date, exactly. end date. So there's like natural scarcity there. Yeah. Um, okay, so you publish all these videos just on your YouTube channel? or You can do it on your YouTube channel. And I would recommend you, you do so if you're comfortable with it. If you're really not comfortable with it, then you on YouTube, you make a video announcing that you have a workshop on your website or in a Facebook group. You can even do it in a Facebook group if you want to. So you can take people away from there. If you think like, no, I don't want to like risk my YouTube channel. Although again, like if you do it correctly, nobody will complain. And actually you'll get more engagement while doing this because you will have like really make an effort to like his comments and you will actually be helping people, right? So you don't have to worry about that, but if you don't want to, you can also do this on your website or in a Facebook group or wherever you want to do this. So like the workshop itself exists for three videos and yeah. like for the, far, the last five days before the launch, you publish a, a single video every day or? No. Just one video? Let's say what, what, we, what I've usually done is on Monday, the first video from the, like the three videos, on Thursday, second one, Monday, the third one, which is the one yeah. where you give like the vision and like yeah. talk about the roadmap, you know, the, and then the Thursday after you open enrollment. And in the meantime, you can do like a Facebook live video if you have a Facebook group or you can send an email if you want like the day before yeah. or you can talk a little bit about it, but you don't really have to. So and you then, don't really no. pitch or you have like, no, a, a no. like a reminder one day before the, uh, 
the event closes on your YouTube channel and you don't do that. You only do that on your mailing list and in the Facebook group, for example. No, okay, no. So we would actually do this. If you don't do it on your YouTube channel, you would have the three videos on your website. Yeah. And then on Thursday, when you open enrollment to your course, you have to create a video, like a five minute or a 10 minute video explaining that you have a course. Because some people won't be interested in the workshop, yeah. but they might be very interested in actually having a course yeah. from you. They just don't need like all the, mm -hmm. all the videos. So for sure you make a video there, you say, hey, I have a new course, enrollment is open for five days. This is what we're going to do. This is what you get. Um, if you have already like case studies, you can show some case studies and you say, okay, five days, uh, enrollment is open. We start in two weeks with the course. If you want to join us, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you can talk to me personally, etc., etc. Uh, go here to get all the details, and you can enroll right now. Yeah. Well, that sounds that sounds really good. Lots of valuable um, information here, and hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you get some really good ideas about how you can start monetizing your YouTube channel for real. Because um, just before the interview, Lucas has shared, has shared some numbers with you, and it's it's really crazy. It's really true that. You know, some of the big YouTubers, they before they were making maybe a thousand or two thousand euros or dollars per month, but after they start implementing, um, after they started selling their own course on YouTube, yeah, those numbers like they multiply by what by five by ten, yeah, or even more, or, they explode or even crazy. So, let's go through this one more time just to wrap it up and make sure that we understand it correctly. So, if you have a YouTube channel with a fairly big audience let's say what shall we say 20,000 yeah you can start when you're 20,000 don't expect like the crazy results we've yeah. we've talked about here but if you grow your channel yes you will be there and you'll actually have an advantage because you already have a course or two or three courses yeah, yeah 20,000 30 40 50 once you're above 100,000 you're I mean you're I guess good. this kind of strategy works especially well for those who don't have a mailing list yet. Right? Yeah. Would you agree? Also, if you have a mailing list, but even if you have been collecting emails because someone told you, but you haven't been sending them that much stuff, yeah. like there is a whole structure for, I mean, I, we've just talked about yeah. this, like not in detail, but yeah. there's like a whole method behind this of what to do every day. And there's a, a method that works and that can be duplicated for everyone, you know, as long as you adapt everything and you have your own messaging and position. Yeah. Um, yeah, it works like that. Yeah. And also important, maybe this is something we haven't talked about yet. Like what if you don't have a course yet and you feel like, um, like it's a lot of work to create a course? Yeah, right? exactly. That, that's another big question. Um, you know, the listeners might think, okay, sounds good, but I don't know how to create my own course. Yeah. That might be a big objection. Yeah. What would you, what, what kind of advice would you give to those people? Yeah. So this, this kind of ties in, I think as well to, to like how to start with doing this, like doing a big launch in the beginning. What I usually do, what I've always done is actually, I, wouldn't, I, I don't create my course before I sell it. I'm, I don't spend like half a year building a course. And this is what like a big mistake that a lot of people make actually. Yeah. They think, first I'm going to create a full course, it needs to be completely ready, and then I will sell it. And then maybe you've created something that nobody wants and you've spent six months making like hundreds of videos for it and then nobody wants it. So that doesn't really work. But what, um, what I've usually done is I would like have a course idea I have the whole concept and I need to have like maybe two weeks ready, especially if you do a challenge. Another advantage of doing a challenge, by the way, every week students get new material, so it doesn't have to be finished yet, right? But if you do that, make sure that you have like the whole concept, you know what you're going to do in the course and maybe have one or two weeks ready, but then you can start selling it. Yeah. And it's actually better that way because if you know already what the course is going to be, right? Even if it's not finished yet, you can already talk about it and you can already show them like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And 
you get a lot of feedback from people. So let's say you have 100 students in your course, right? And you, don't, you haven't created everything yet. And maybe you have one or two weeks ready and you see in these one or two weeks that you made a big mistake or it's something like, hey, this is not working or people are struggling with the structure and the PDFs that I'm creating are like way too long or they're wrong and then people can't print them and everything or these videos are way too long. Well, you can adapt then because you're actually co-creating the course with your students, right? And sometimes people, like students, like that. They want to be part of like this co-creation because it feels like they get input. So you tell them like, hey, give me your feedback. We will change stuff according to your feedback. And a lot of people like that. If you do it that way, it's way safer for you because you can actually adapt. You'll have a better course and you can get started right away and actually get paid for creating that course instead of spending six months without earning anything and then afterwards like hopefully earning the money back. Right? I, th I think that's such a valuable piece of advice that Lucas gives here because, uh, I mean, we've been going to, we know many people in the, in the industry, obviously, by going to all these events, organizing events ourselves. And there's so many people out there who just haven't started selling anything because they say that they don't have a course yet. And then there is other people out there who, I guess, have more of a, artists kind of mentality and I've been guilty guilty of this myself as well we are the authority we are the influencer we are the language geniuses right we we are these inventors of all these methods and we want to create the perfect course first create a course and then sell it but what Lucas is suggesting you to do here is to actually launch the course before it's before it's ready so that you can actually, yeah, so that you actually get feedback on the course as the challenge is going on, so that you can directly yeah. implement all these, um, yeah, all the feedback or yeah. make make improvements based on the feedback that you got. So you save time, you save, well, you save yourself a lot of headache basically, and it's, I mean, it only makes sense to. To get feedback. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, well. at the same time, your your idea gets validated, right? Yeah, exactly. So, this is a big mistake. Like you always, like you might think you know what people need or how to set up a course. Yeah. You, you and you create it and then it's like, oh, no, this doesn't work. Like it needs to be different. And then it's better that you can still adapt, you know. And it's not just, I'm not just saying this like as, as a theory. I've actually done this. And it's a little bit stressful sometimes. Yes, like you need every week, you need to make sure the lessons are ready. And so that's why it's better to have a buffer of like two, three weeks yeah. in your course. But I've done this. Like, I think for the past 18 months, I've done this every week because we were creating new courses and then new levels for courses, right? And we already sell a new level for a course and then we create it, mm -hmm. you know? So I've been doing this for 18 months now and, 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 and you can do it and you can get paid while creating these courses. Um, and yeah, and, and your courses will be better because of it. Yeah. Okay, again, so let's try to wrap this up one more time because it's, it's a lot of information yeah, and we want to make exactly. sure that we include everything, right? Yeah. But at the same time, we also want to make it um, uh, yeah, as easy as possible to, uh, to follow the interview yeah. and to actually make sure that you have a clear plan, yeah. you, listener, about um, how you can bring the, uh, the revenue that you generate from your YouTube channel to the next level. So step number one is actually um, just starting... Um, with, with, the, with that workshop, right? So creating... Yeah. Or starting with thinking of the course idea. Yeah, okay. Like so looking at your audience, see what kind of people are in your audience and, yeah. then, and also what you feel comfortable with, what kind of course you want to create. Yeah. So think of that. But don't create a full course yet, but yeah. think of the idea and also start thinking a little bit about like, how am I teaching, right? Am I always focusing on grammar? Like, is that my thing? 
or am I more focusing on like you need to speak a lot or do you have some sort of method and try to have like a little bit of like something in your head like what makes my teaching style unique because that's going to be important like to to set yourself apart so, from others. So kind of a general template that we can give the people here who are not really sure what to do is to um, maybe start with a challenge because it's um, yeah. it's kind of easy to create, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. So maybe think up like, like think first of all about like who's your audience and then think of like what kind of 12-week course could I do? Yeah. Speaking course, 12-week grammar course, a preparation course for an exam if that's what you do. Something like that. So, so this, that's step one. So that, that's, that could be like a 90-day challenge, for example, where you do like a Q&A live call every week, yeah. uh, where you have a Facebook group where people can interact with each other, how themsel- um, keep themselves accountable, and then publish a new module or something yeah. every week. So that's new like what lessons every week for people. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, once you have that idea, so again, you haven't created this challenge yet, it's just an idea. But once you know what you're going to do, it's actually time to... Um, to start promoting promoting it, right? So then yeah. the first week of the promotion, you record this, what you call a workshop. I call it a workshop. Which yeah. exists of three videos yeah. where you... Or something like that. Like it doesn't have to be exactly three videos. This is just the model I've always been using. Yeah. But like in the beginning, you need to prepare people for like, hey, this is like, I have a course. You don't say that yet, but you say like, I have a method. Yeah. I'm going to show you exactly how I teach people and not just random YouTube videos with a structure, yeah. right? If I want to get people to the result that your course is going to give, either a C1 certificate or B1 certificate, or just like, this is the beginner level, by the end you're going to have the beginner level, you show them the roadmap, yeah. right? So you want to have some sort of structure in your head like and show it to people so they can believe in like in, in you and in your course as well. Yeah, and then in the second week, it's time to actually pitch your course, to say by that you have a course by the end yeah. of the second so week. So after 10 days, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do before the deadline expires? Do you send out like email, email yeah. reminders or is it like extra any yeah. things that you do in order to create scarcity, urgency? Yeah, so during that workshop, first you have your two or three videos. You talk a lot about like you give them free materials, you give them some samples, you talk a lot about like learning the language and like a little bit of vision. Once you start selling the course, like once enrollment is open, you would first create a video, hey, enrollment is open, you give them all the, the, the info, um, and again, there are templates for this, like what needs to be included in, in, in like something like that, like on an enrollment page, for example. Um, and then I would send daily emails or make a video once or twice with frequently asked questions. You're always going to get a lot of questions from people like, hey, is this suitable for me? Yeah. Right? Is there a refund period? Can I get my money back before like in the first two weeks or something like that? Or will this work for me if I go here? Right? Or what exactly is included? Do I get like one-on-one time with you? So you'll probably get a lot of questions and then you just answer these, right? You need to keep people a little bit like top, you need to be top of mind for these people. So you need to keep giving them like more information about the course. So you can do that. You can talk about uh, case studies if you have some already. You can say like, hey, I've done this, I've used this method or this course with these people, look at the results they got. And in the beginning, it might be difficult to get that, but after you've after like, your first yeah challenge. after you've had some people go through your challenge you just ask them for feedback in the case studies or testimonials and then they will give it to you so that's another video or email you can create um, yeah you say stuff like that you help them like with, with, with these things you can do another live call if you want to if you have a Facebook group or you can do something on YouTube a YouTube live mm-hmm. during that five day period but important there is that people keep thinking about you right yeah. and then by the end of the five days you need to apply some like urgency scarcity you need to be a little bit like telling them like hey now and have 
it's now or never, or you don't have to say like, oh, you can never buy this course again, but you can say, hey, tomorrow we close enrollments. We're starting this challenge next week. So we really can't have any more people because we need to get started. The next time you can enroll is in five months or four months. But before that, you can't enroll. We will close enrollment. So if you want to join us here, you need to do it right now. Mm -hmm. And then usually on that last day, if you do it well and you tell people like, hey, like you need to do this now and not like buy, 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 buy. But you actually say like, look, if you want to study with me right now, now is the time because I'm literally closing enrollment because we're getting started. Right. And it doesn't have to be super salesy, but it needs to be like make a decision now or otherwise you have to wait a couple of months. Right. And then on that last day, you can get like 40 or 50 percent of your total sales only on that last day, because a lot of people postpone a decision. They don't want to make a decision until they actually have to. Right. Yeah. They have, don't have a choice anymore. It's like yes or no. It's not like, oh, let me think about it because there's a deadline. Yeah. Right. So on that last day, it's very important um, that you actually tell people like, hey, you need to make a decision right now. So for those who have a big YouTube channel, step number one, think about the course format mm-hmm. that you're going to sell. Yeah. Step number two, promote your course. Yeah. Step number three is launch it, get feedback and yeah. So deliver the course, yeah, yeah. go through it once, course. see if it actually works, improve it. And then do the same thing over again. Yeah. And then the good thing is usually, especially if you do a beginner course, if you have a good course, you will have anything between like 20 and 30, 40, 50% of people who want to continue with you, yeah. right? They will be like, Oh, I learned so much from this. I want to do another one or I don't want to do the next level or I want to continue. And then what, I, what we usually do is we give them like a discount. We'll say like, Hey, thanks for going through the course with me. Yeah. We're creating a new level now, or we can do another one, another challenge. If you want with 20, 30 or 40 or 50% discount, whatever you feel comfortable with, um, you can continue and you will get a lot of people doing that. So it's not just one time revenue. You actually have like loyal people. And we have now like for one course, a German course, I think uh, we have people who did like five challenges after like, uh, like in, in, in order, like all of them. So they keep, not everyone does that of course, but that's good. And then you have a new challenge. You can launch it again, or you can create like some sort of more stable, stabilized income. But this is like, this is like next level things. Like yeah. after you've done that, you see it works. You can try to think of like something Make that it you can more sell evergreen. consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So you can sell it every day. You don't have to wait for a five-day enrollment period every three months. Yeah. Um, but you don't even have to. Like sometimes if you just do this one launch or you do it twice a year, it can be enough like for, for the rest of the year for you, income-wise. Like yeah. you literally don't have to do anything else anymore and you'll be good for the rest of the year. Not always. And it depends on how ambitious you are. Yeah. But if, if, well, if you want to, like if just you have, have stable a big income channel and, and, and you have a big channel, it might be enough and you can just do this twice or three times a year yeah. and you'll have more than enough income to just live your life and keep making videos and, uh, and yeah, feel comfortable doing whatever you want. Yeah. So you've been working with like big YouTubers, YouTubers with um, language learning channels. What would you say are some of the biggest mistake, mistakes that they make before they, mm. before, so, before they were, start working with you? <laughs> <laughs> so I think they actually weren't making that many mistakes because I think part of like their success is also that they were not really thinking about the marketing that much and they were focusing so much on just growing a big audience and talking a lot to them and, and doing all that stuff. And it doesn't mean that you can't like do any marketing. I think you should actually, but if you've done that for a long time, you build up a good, a lot of goodwill with your audience. And they're like, usually the people who have these big challenge audiences, well, they are really good at what they're doing, right? Like if you have an, a, a YouTube channel with a hundred or 200,000 people, I'm not going to tell you how to make a video or how to talk to your, like your audience, because you clearly know what to tell people to make them follow you and you're successful, 
right? But the mistake they're making, I think, is first of all thinking that nobody will ever from YouTube buy any course because they don't have money or people are on YouTube because it's free. Not true. People are on YouTube because they want to learn something, especially if they're on a, on a, like a language learning YouTube channel. They're there because they want to learn Spanish or German or any other language. They want something from you, right? And some people want it free and some people will pay for you because they're like, oh, I like this person. She knows what she's talking about. But I want to go faster. I want more guidance. I will pay, right? And they will trust you way more than a normal language call because you have so much more contact with them, right? So that's a big mistake, thinking nobody will buy. So it's really a mindset thing. It's again. all a mindset thing. Yeah. Like you, and, and, and I understand because that's what you think. Yeah, YouTube, everything is free on there. You can find everything on there. But people want structure. They want like guidance. Sometimes people want to pay because it makes them feel better and it makes them more motivated, you know? That's a big mistake. And then another one, maybe, um, yeah, just relying on like the, the ad revenue, just like the Google ads revenue. Yeah, so they basically one. don't know that all the ways that they can yeah. monetize the channel. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't mean like what I'm, everything I'm saying here, it doesn't mean that you have to become like a crazy marketeer. Like basically, it's like what I try to do, people I work with is sometimes you make a video, but I would, I would usually take away like a lot of the marketing side of things and write it in a non-salesy way so they can make, continue making their videos. So nothing changes on your YouTube channel, except maybe you would maybe say once in a while, like, hey, go here or go to my website. Yeah, or call to like action. That. Call to action. That's the only thing you would add. But other than that, you don't have to do that many different things. You can, like I said before, you can do a workshop, like a YouTube workshop for two weeks and then you take it offline again. Or you don't even have to. You can also just keep everything off your YouTube channel. So it's not because you're going to create a course or anything that you're not helping people anymore or that like you're selling out or that because you don't have to change. You just create exactly the same videos you did before. You can give away everything you want for free. You can even give part of your course away for free. People will still buy it. Yeah. So that's because important. Yeah. Actually thinking, like I said before, like thinking that people don't want to buy stuff or you like you're not helping them if they need to pay. Like some people you help way more and you get better results uh, if I, you pay. I guess a big argument is because you know why would people buy a course if they can find everything on YouTube for yeah. free but I guess the thing that they can't get for free is that personal connection that accountability they want to yeah. get into this community thing so instead of selling information you're really selling an opportunity where they can actually participate in and then really yeah, actively exactly. focus on their yeah. uh, language study for a few months with you and 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 some people are willing to Pay, a lot, pay of, a lot of money for that. Oh yeah. And it's not even just with you. Like it's more the idea of you have created something for them. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be like you have to talk to them every day. It's good, but you don't have to. You can have like a team of people to help you. And also people, sometimes they just need to pay before they take action. Right? It's all good to, to watch YouTube videos, but then they're like, hey, I want to get serious now. You pay for a course. Like with a lot of stuff in life, it's like that. Like you want to get serious about something, you pay for it. Mm -hmm. Right? And again, like people in the course, they probably get way better results than people from a YouTube channel. Not everyone. Some people are Because they're more committed, so, right? Yeah, they actually way paid. more committed. And then if you think about it, you're actually doing them a favor because if they really want to learn Spanish or German or Italian or French and they're watching YouTube videos and they're learning a little bit, but they're not really getting anywhere and they're frustrated and they maybe move to Italy and they can't make friends because they can't speak Italian and then they buy your course and they go through it and they're really motivated and the course is good and they get like other people around them who are also learning Italian. And by the end of that course, they're actually way better at speaking Italian. They have way better results and if they didn't buy your course, they're way happier because they can now make friends, they can work in Italy, for example. 
well, you did them a favor, right? Yeah. By asking them for money. And not everyone, again. Like, you keep doing all your free stuff on YouTube, but you also have, like, an option for people who want, like, good results to pay for it. You know? Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a big YouTube channel and you want to make a real impact in the world, one way to do that is by creating free content. But another way, and maybe even a more effective way for those who really want to make an impact, is actually create a course, a program, uh, that you charge people for because that way they're really likely to put in the hard work and really get some serious results. Um, well, I hope that if, if for those who have a big YouTube channel here, um, I really hope that you've gotten a clear idea about how you can turn your YouTube channel into a real sustainable business. And if you have a smaller YouTube channel or if you're still growing a YouTube channel, then I hope that this interview here with Lucas has really given you a clear idea of what's actually possible. Um, if you're a complete newbie, well then I'm sure that you still got a few really good tips here from this, uh, from my conversation here with Lucas. So Lucas, uh, thank you very much for this interview, inviting me here in Antwerp. Um, I should do this more often, per in-person interviews, of better course. than doing that over Easy, Skype. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if, if people want to learn more about you and uh, maybe they want to know some more details about how it exactly works these launches or maybe they want to work with you personally uh, how can they get into touch with you yeah so right now um i don't i don't have a website i have my website for my language uh stuff which is effortlessconversations.com mm -hmm. if you go there you can get in touch with me um but it's not there you won't find any information about like the consulting work i've been doing um uh, but if you want more information or you have uh, any questions you can reach me on LinkedIn or Instagram if you want to. My Instagram handle is Lucas Van V. So L U K A S. Mm -hmm. So Lucas with a K. V A N V. And I think Jan, you should you should have yeah, to put it exactly. in the description. We will do that for sure. And on LinkedIn, my name is Lucas Van Viva, but it's a difficult name. Again, uh, L U K A S V A N space V Y V E. But probably a better idea if you yeah, just, make, it just make sure to check out the show <laughs> yeah make sure to check out the show notes because yeah. i will include the links there um so yeah if you want to get into touch with lucas no problem yeah. just check it out for now thanks for listening and uh, yeah lucas um thanks for the interview and, uh, thank you, thank you. Want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.